Hello, travelers. This is Paula Schmidt, and welcome to my theater of the mind, Evening's Kingdom. This is a true story about spells. One of my dearest friends, Genevieve, and I, we share a birthday, and recently it was 40. So let's celebrate it, she says. We'll go somewhere amazing so that it's a bright spot on the calendar. And of course, I wanted to go to Egypt. That was a little too far. This was their first trip overseas since having kids. So we landed on Portugal. The plan was to land in Porto, drive into the Douro Wine Valley, and then hike the Azores. Amazing. I travel all the time for my sales work overseas, but usually I'm going to conferences. So my suitcase is all... You know, conference gear for the table, business clothes, blah, blah, blah. I'm still me, of course, but I, have I said this before? I love beautiful things. It's my weakness, my forte. I don't know. It just makes me really happy. So I packed way too much stuff. Basically, all my favorite stuff for this 40th peregrination around the world and I would like to underline this, dear listeners, I've packed all my favorite stuff. I have a whole suitcase for once in my life. I don't have to bring any conference gear. This was so exciting. Off we go. So that was the first stupid thing I did. The second stupid thing I did was I only took a few days off. I work remotely, so what I do whenever we're traveling is I get up insanely early House is still dark. Everyone else is still sleeping because sleep is important. (laughs) And I slam coffee and I get a bunch of work done. And then I'm working on my phone and my laptop throughout the day, just, just sneaking off, you know, and again on my laptop in the evenings. And in my mind, nobody notices. In my mind, I'll catch up on sleep later when I'm back in my regular routine. Neither of these things is probably true in the shared reality I'm traveling within with other people. I was really proud of myself for actually taking some time off at all. I'm not saying this is a good quality. It is not. But here we are on this adventure in this amazing place together. And some stuff starts going down at work. There's not a problem in reality. It's emotional stuff. So, I mean, a different reality. Uh, But that makes it really stressful because that is the world where I live. Uh, both Andrew and I are all bent out of shape. We're being reactive and hurt. We're trying to make the best of it. But it is apparent to our friends that we are stressed out. And you can feel it in the house. Our poor friends are so excited to be on this trip. And here we are moaning about work like psycho Americans. And Genevieve, she's a yogi amongst many other things. And she also happens to have one of the most incredibly stressful jobs in America. (laughs) If she's listening right now, she'll be very embarrassed, but it's true, right? I am so proud of you. She's my friend. And she says to me, I know you probably don't want to hear this right now, but when things are on fire for me at work, I try to remember what Buddha said. And no, to be honest, I did not particularly want to hear what Buddha said at that moment. (laughs) But I smile and I nod and she says, in the end, only three things matter. How much you loved, 
how gently you lived and how gracefully you let go of things not meant for you. Buddha, Mark Twain, whatever, we've all seen this quote. It's on every yoga studio wall you'll ever go to. And I thought I knew it very well, but in that moment, it was a revelation. So we're standing there in the kitchen making our various caffeines for the day, and I'll never forget this. The words hit me in a new way, a deeper way. Things not meant for me. That includes words. Words are spells. Words are arrows. Yeah, she says. And if they're not meant for you, if someone's anger isn't meant for you, just let it pass. Let it fall into the earth. She is so good. Genevieve is. So that really, really helped. I rose above the arrows. I did my best and the fires burned and the fires went out. Words are my love language. If you're listening, they're probably really important to you too. So something for us to be mindful around, the arrows that we accept. If someone's anger isn't meant for you, truly just let it pass by. And then, thank all the gods, I had some time off and it was paradise. We read like crazy. We soaked in thermal springs, the color of rusty chocolate. Uh, we hiked and hiked and hiked. The Azores are incredibly special because it feels like you're traveling through all these different places as you hike, through every bend in the trail. You're in Costa Rica, you're in Switzerland, you're in Hawaii. It's, uh, it's a paradise. We laughed hysterically and slept like little kids. A quick side note, as to books that I read, Mrs. S by K. Patrick, insanely good. It's their first book. They're also a poet. Please drop everything you're doing and get this book right now. I mean, keep listening, but you want to read it. I'll say nothing more about it. Just let yourself be totally surprised. Trust me, it is sexy and the writing, the story. I'm pretty sure Mrs. S is modeled on Jillian Anderson in her Stella Gibson era for the fall. <laughs> and Mrs. S by K. Patrick is hot. <laughs> it's so hot and so good. Anyway, so here we are on this trip and with all my pretty stuff, super silly, love to hike. I've got my hiking gear. That's great. It's mostly what I'm wearing, but I also brought these sexy dresses because I'm 40. I feel pretty good. I got like long, skinny, tight dresses because I have not a little bit of Morticia Adams in me and this amazing pair of sexy black ankle boots with this with little silver buckle crisscross straps. I don't know. I'm thinking it's Europe. We're going to have cigarettes in port out on the cobblestones, right? And I have this leopard print beret. It's vintage. I've never seen anything like it anywhere. I have long red hair. And let me tell you, that hat, chef's kiss. Note the past tense. This episode is a little bit in tribute to that hat. I loved it. I also had some of my favorite jewelry. Some of you know from Instagram that I love witchy, funky jewelry, old stuff, Southwestern stuff, things with magic stones. 
I'm the person who's always ducking really quickly into antique stores, thrift shops, vintage shops, Goodwill. I love it. I can be super fast, like a hawk, or I can just dream around for hours, just touching everything, which gets me into trouble overseas in souks and medinas around the world. Um, I love it though. It's, there's stories. My Nana got me started on thrifting when I was really young, like maybe eight or something. We would go junking around in Kentucky on road trips when she was visiting her family. And she would find beautiful things, old wooden bowls, ceramics, just these tokens from secret stories of families we would never know, but you could feel it on these things. I, I just love it. Everything has a story. And when people I love give me jewelry, it's like wearing this totem of love. And I just treasure it, you know, until it passes on to its next incarnation. My Nana, for example, I, I have this, I had this silver and gold bracelet cuff. It's tiny, like this child-sized thing. And I remember when my grandfather gave it to her. She's not well now. She hasn't been well for a long time. My Nana, who I'm named for, I adore. Um, but I remember when she used to wear it, she's very shy. She did not like to be flashy or have anyone looking at her. So at some point it went into a box. And many years later, we found the box. I loved that and I wore it almost every single day. So, okay, we're coming home from this absolutely fantastic trip. I pretty much, surprise, surprise, only wore yoga stuff and hiking gear the entire time, because that's what we were doing there. There was like one night in Porto, the last night, when we went out and really put on the dog. It's, you know, it was just fun. What's life for, right? Uh, so that was all fine. I'm silly. Fine with that. We're coming home. I'm not wearing my jewelry because I'm afraid to lose it. Same thing with the leopard print beret. We got these super, super, super cheap tickets. I mean, we bought them wicked in advance because also is a planner, my Genevieve. And I love you, girl. She is cheap as shit. And so is Andrew. Portugal can be relatively quick from America, but not when you do the cheap tickets. I mean, we're flying over Portugal. We're coming in from another angle. Instead of eight hours to the US, it's like 10 million to get back to America. <laughs> And then we have $30 tickets, $30 from uh, New York to Charleston. And, you know, we went that way uh, coming as well. And they got them super cheap because we're coming in at JFK, but we're flying in and out of Newark, opposite direction. They're thinking, oh, we'll just take taxis. These people I love are cheap and they are optimistic. We have a big layover. Everything's going to be fine, they say. I don't like JFK. Short story, you know, maybe don't do that. <laughs> Longer story is, okay, so we're flying back into JFK, and the plane is late, really late. And the passport line is, if you've left the country, you know, America's passport lines are the worst in the world. It's like civilization dissolving around you. People are screaming and melting down, and there's people who randomly do not have their passport or any paperwork at all somehow. They look like they're zombies. How did they get here? It's just total chaos. I think maybe it's a volume thing with us. I don't know, exacerbating each other. Anyway, 
via planes and Ubers and Ubers and planes, we get home. It's 4 a.m. We get out. I'm hallucinating. I'm so tired from this journey. Here's the thing. There's some confusion with our bags when Andrew and I get home. We repacked stuff to bring home some port from the four of us in an extra duffel bag, which we, which Andrew and I like never use. A bottle of which, side note, is Dalva, as in Jim Harrison's Dalva, one of my favorite books on earth. We drink Dalva in Porto. Anyway, to make room to bring home the port, I put all my stuff, all my magical favorite shit, the hat and the dresses and the boots and the jewelry into my carry-on. You know, because I love this stuff, but it's small. Thank God I had my laptop and passport and a little canvas thing I had on my shoulder physically attached to me. All right, so 4 a.m., getting out of the car. We got confused about who was carrying what. We pulled everything out into the street. We're dragging it inside. And somehow we left the carry-on with all my favorite things in the street for the wind. To top it all off, our beloved neighbor, Auntie Riri, had parked in front of our house, which she never does, not in the, I don't know, 12 years that we've been here. I think she wanted to make it look like we were home because she watches out for us like an Auntie Hawk, and we love her for that. But I came back inside, I came back outside, I felt like I was in a dream. I felt like I was forgetting something. And the bag was in the street, it was behind her car. I don't see it. I go to bed. Wake up insanely early because I'm still on Portuguese time. And here's another puzzle piece. I could have unpacked right then. I like to unpack and do laundry like right when I get home. Just nest. It's a nesting thing. But instead, I'm thinking art before dishes today, right? So I made coffee and I worked on my new book. It was an amazing writing morning, in fact, like effortless flow. And then around 7 a.m. Charleston time, Saturday morning, I'm like, all right, that was great. Now I'll unpack. And I realize almost immediately that my bag is missing. I go outside. It's gone. I know exactly where it is. I wake up, Andrew, he is not happy. We go down under the bridge by our house. This still feels like a dream. And then I start finding things from my suitcase in the mud. Letters I forgot to send and hand-carried accidentally to Portugal with me. Someone's opened up the envelopes looking for money. Because they're hungry, you know. My manuscript for my new book, Mrs. S by Kay Patrick. It's all in the mud. I'm picking it up. I've got this stack. I feel like I'm falling through the center of the world. Surely this can't be real. And it's sickening, you know, because this is my fault. I left it in the street. I left it in the wind. My grandmother's bracelet was in that bag. And I gave it to the wind. And then Andrew sees him, a man on a bicycle with my suitcase on the handlebars. Suitcase is empty. We're talking to this guy. I tell him, man, I made a mistake. I left it in the street, but there were things in there that were really important to me. Please Can you please help us get them back? He has something still in his pocket. He gives it back to me. I'm hugging him, saying, thank you. I want you to know I do understand. Uh, I think he's in a bit of disbelief that we came under the bridge 
And so is Andrew. In fact, he is pretty pissed at me. And probably everybody in this little circle of three thinks I'm crazy. But this guy, uh, this guy is telling me that his name is William. He wants to know our names. He remembers our house. He looks a lot like Omar from The Wire. And I can see all these people that I love, people who are trapped by their addictions in William's eyes. And William tells me he's going to do what he can to get back our things. And I believe him. We go home. Andrew's like, <laughs> he's pissed. But over the course of the day, this man has clearly been up all night, but he comes over and knocks on the door and he brings us back things three times. Not on my clothes, not my hat, but almost all the things that I've given to Andrew because I had some of his rings in my bag of jewelry. Um, and things that we'd collected together over the years, some really beautiful things that he's given me, things that I treasure, and this is interesting, also some things that his mother has given me, necklaces, earrings. The only thing that I purchased for myself, which came back, was a little stone animal figure that I carry for luck. Uh, she's a cougar. I couldn't believe she came home. But she's with me, you know. The third time he comes back, last time he comes back, he's wearing red suspenders. He's smiling. Now he's tired, he tells me. I gotta go to sleep. I'm thanking him from the bottom of my heart. Andrew's still pretty mad, but they do a fist bump. The, you can tell the guy feels complete with this. Uh... And when the guy leaves, Andrew turns to me and says, those were my grandfather's suspenders. So, okay. The carry-on bag belonged to Andrew's grandfather. This was its last trip. Uh, the handles were breaking and stuff. It was probably 20 years old. So I'd given it to William when we were talking under the bridge. It had sentimental value, but we were planning to pass it on after this trip. The bag was Grampy's last bag before he died. And surely it was the one that he packed and brought to our wedding. I know this. It was empty when we gave it to him. I said to Andrew, do you have any idea the suspenders were zipped into the lining of the suitcase? No, he did not. Andrew's grandfather was an unbelievably kind man. I know he would want William to have those suspenders. And I also know Beyond a shadow of a doubt, the Grampy was helping William bring back the things that were still meant for us. Interesting, right? That what came back were the gifts that Andrew and his mother had given me. My grandmother's bracelet. My beautiful hat. Some of my favorite earrings. These long, white, zuni feathers, stone earrings I bought at the Bandelier National Monument in New Mexico. Black buffalo turquoise squares Vive gave me for Christmas. I know it's stupid to travel with stuff like this. That's why I don't usually. Uh, my dresses, my boots, this amazing swimsuit I got on sale. Ah, it was cut up to here. And with this kind of old Hollywood halter top, had jungle leaves all over it. I've never had a really nice swimsuit before. It's all just stuff. I know that, but I loved these things. I wanted to wear them. <laughs> But in the end, 
Only three things matter. How much you loved, how gently you lived, and how gracefully you let go of things not meant for you. Thank you, Grampy. Thank you, William. Thank you to the wind, taking these little bits of beauty back out into the world. May they be loved and bring other people happiness on their wandering ways. And thank you. I love you, dear, dear Genevieve. This is 40. Our words are spells. Our lives are spells. And the words we speak, the actions we take, they echo out into eternity. Where everything is connected. So, to all of us, happy birthday. I love you. Right now is the chaos goblin season of my job. So, upcoming, another long radio silence while I travel to the Middle East and East Asia for back-to-back work conferences, site visits, and the like. Don't worry, we have a loved one cat-sitting to love on Gita and all our creatures and enjoy beautiful Charleston as she turns her face towards fall. If you would like letters from me, if you would enjoy stories and sideways thoughts from my travels, please visit eveningskingdom.com and click subscribe. It's free. It'll always be free. Just a way to stay in touch while I'm traveling. Yes, in conference clothes, on the winds of the world. Eveningskingdom.com. Click subscribe. And please send me a little note when you do, because I read each one and I love hearing from you. This is Paula Schmidt, and thank you for listening. Please stay tuned. More from me is just down the road.